You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. This is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cockerham, is here with me. And this is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. We can talk about fitness, diet, nutrition, food, lifestyle, training, you name it, we'll tackle it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to those questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, great to be here. So, you know, lately, um, I've you and I together have taken up the first two segments, sometimes even the third. We always leave a lot of questions hanging out there. Uh, I don't have a lot today. I've got a, a bunch of things in the works, but nothing quite finished yet. So, um, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Do you have anything you want to start with today? Um, you know what? It, it's I was saying before. I know you take some time before the show to um, meditate and get focused and that too. And and um, since being on the East Coast here, I'm diving into work. And then I took a break today for about you know five minutes and went and sat in the sun to just get a little rejuvenation before the show and, and get centered. And um, it got me thinking about what I was feeling right now. And it's that um, going back to uh, fasting and intermittent fasting that we've talked about before. Um, It was kind of cool where I had done that for, I think it was almost, it was like two and a half days I did one. And it was just kind of spur of the moment. It actually happened to have been right after the show with Jimmy Moore. And it wasn't a planned one. It was just like out in the morning. And I thought, you know, it just felt right to do it. And um, I did that. And I afterwards, I wasn't sure where I wanted to fit into my life afterwards. You know, I hadn't been really feeling um, the need to do that again. And, um, just yesterday I had for lunch, I had a, you know, warmed up a grass fed burger with a nice salad. And then we happened to have steak for dinner and I just had three ounces, which isn't, you know, a whole lot. It's perfect. with uh, some broccoli and that. And, um, I just felt like, oh my gosh, my digestion just took a hit, you know, (laughs) and it was, you just felt it. And I think a lot of our listeners, especially those that are really in tune, you know, become more aware of their body and are focusing on their digestion and what they're eating. I think they could, might be able to relate to that. Like sometimes you just know, like, wow, I need to give my digestion a little break. And I felt that when I woke up this morning. So um, I am doing, you know, I did do the Bulletproof and, and having some bone broth, but it just felt right. For the first time since I had did it before, I felt like my body was asking for a little bit of a break. And it was kind of cool to have experienced it once before to know what I was going to do today. And, um, and that's, that's where I'm at. You know, that's an interesting lesson about listening to your body. And I think the problem is that for most of our life, we ate a diet that screwed up all of our body signal. And, mm-hmm. and we know that that high carbohydrates, processed food, things that our body reacts negatively to, it it really screws up that feedback loop that we should normally have. We we should be more in tuned with our body. We should be able to listen to our cravings. 
And we really can't. I hesitate to even say that, like listen to your cravings, mm -hmm. because most of the people, their cravings are wrong. They're, they're, it's a mixed up signal from eating poorly for so long. We tend to crave all the wrong things. But I've, I've realized now that once you start eating whole real food and the longer you do it, the more you can trust your body. My cravings now, and, and I get them sometimes. I, I had a weird three days last week where I, my body was craving salads. It was craving raw vegetables, and that's unusual for me, especially in the winter time when it's cold. I don't usually don't, you know, really want a salad. I want something heavier. I want something comfort food, kind of, you know, soup or stew. And just for three days straight, there there would be food in the refrigerator, leftovers, and I would make a salad, a big salads, giant bowls of salads, and like three days straight, I just couldn't get enough. And I thought, you know what? That's a craving that's probably worth listening mm -hmm. to. Certainly, I'm not going to go wrong eating salads. I don't know why, but literally, it was like all I could think of. I, I just want a big bowl of cold, crunchy vegetables with a lot of... I, I was still craving the fat on it, you know, cheese, some bacon, um, plenty of dressing. And it was just that was the only thing that would satisfy me. Now, who knows why? But I, it, yeah. it, like I said, that that's a craving that I'm going to listen to. There's probably a good reason why my body was doing that. On the other hand, if my body ever craves Doritos, that's probably <laughs> not, you know, we, we just have to yeah. use some common sense sometimes that just because we have a craving, we have to make sure that it's legitimate and the signals haven't been hijacked. You know, we, mm -hmm. the, we talked, the many books that I read about how the food industry spends hundreds of millions of dollars testing to create foods that we crave, but those are false cravings. So that's why I hesitate sometimes to even talk about this topic. You know, there is a, a legitimate craving that's been documented for chocolate, and most nutritionists and people that understand it believe that it's the minerals in chocolate. Chocolate has a lot of minerals. So they really believe that if you're craving chocolate, it's probably a mineral deficiency. The problem is we reach for a Snickers bar and that's not going to fix the problem. Um, what, you know, when our body wants, if, if it happens to be chocolate, it wants the, the real whole version of that because that has the nutrients in it. But sometimes we can get those signals mixed up. I think cravings are legitimate. We should listen to our body. We have to be very careful with that, too, because most people's cravings are just hijacked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. And I, I, I really liked the fact that it was because um, I hadn't experienced that before like this with the fasting. And, that. Um, and uh, I, I liked the... Oh, just kind of with the obviousness of what to do. And that's pretty cool with you with the salads in that, you know? Yeah, it, it was, it was unusual, but, it, but I think you're right. You, yeah. you, you're paying attention. Like you said, you woke up that day. It just felt right to fast it, and you don't know why, or how would you explain that feeling? You just know, and, and you know that it's right. And I think that is also a legitimate, uh, you know, sensation or craving from your body 
that it's asking for a break. Yeah, and you know, and if we we hadn't, if Jimmy Moore and uh, Dr. Jason Fung hadn't come out with that book, and they're the ones that broke the um, misconception I had about fasting in my head, because I'm thinking, you know, just all water, you know, and I know that is, there's a place for that as well. But I love their book that, um, and I scrolled through it again, um, that gives different options. And so um, I encourage anybody to get um, educated, go learn more about fasting, and then try it. And then, because you're not going to get it, you might not get it right the first time, or you might not, you'll determine that, oh, this part isn't for me, like, to go so many days, or, you know, maybe you can picture doing the, tw- even just a 12-hour, you know, that intermittent fasting, um, but you got to start somewhere and try it, so that then you have um, the information to, to know what you're going to do. If I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have, I don't know if I, I wouldn't have had a direction today or before, right. so it's a great book, that one, um, uh, The Complete Guide to, to Fasting, really good book. Well, you know, the interesting thing for me around this is the the intermittent fast. The uh, mine's roughly um, eighteen six, pretty close. You know, eighteen hours, no food. Put all my food into a six hour window every day, which roughly is say one to seven, one o'clock in the afternoon, seven in the evening is is kind of when I tend to eat. So like now, you know, we record on these days. We don't finish up till noon. By the time I work on my files, close out the show, do all the stuff I have to do and then go cook something. I'm eating my first meal around one o'clock because Mm -hmm. in the morning, bulletproof coffee. There are probably times where I do eat after seven, but it's pretty rare. I I try not to. I try to make sure. And if I do, it's it's just going to be a small snack here and there. So Virtually every day for me is an intermittent fast, eighteen six, and I've doing it, been doing it for over a year now. I don't even think about it. I don't pay attention to it. I don't really track it. If I happen to eat one night at eight o'clock, I'm not going to get all weird about it. I, I don't even think about it. But I almost, I, well, I do. I really intermittent fast every day. I mean, it's just normal for me now. But on the other hand. Even after the book, even after everybody talking about it, even after everybody doing it, right now I have zero interest in any other kind of fast. I I, I don't even want Mm -hmm. about going, you know, two days or three days or five Mm -hmm. days. It just and maybe one day I will wake up and I'll feel it, but right now Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, it almost like scares me. Like, no, I don't want to think about two or three days without food. Yeah, Um, but the. Hours is a breeze. I just I do that every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's get to a break. We'll come back and we'll get to your calls and questions. Stick around, Kevin Rob.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, you know, I, I wonder, we were talking about the fasting, and I wonder if because I, I am pretty strict on the intermittent fasting. It's virtually every day. Don't even have to think about it much anymore. I wonder if that's why I'm not getting any of those signals from my body to do a longer mm-hmm. fast. I, maybe this works mm-hmm. really well. Um, because like I say, I just have no interest and I read the book. I watched everybody doing it and they were getting great results and, and none of that made me want to, you know, do any more of a fast than I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what was the other thing that, um, was key for me and I know you have this too, is, um, having the bone broth ready, like in the freezer, you know, making up a batch and I have one always thawed in the refrigerator and then ready to roll again. So as soon as I decided, you know, today that, you know what, I think, you know, I need to do this for a little while. Then I just pull another one out of the freezer and get that going too. And that's when, you know, we talk about being prepared and, and that, that's just another key step that, that's helping there. You know, the bone broth is such amazing food. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's so loaded with nutrients. It's so satisfying. It's so good for us. And in many ways, depending on how you cook. Now, I, I tend to buy bones specifically to make broth. Um, I like to start with very specific bones. Um, I happen to like the, the neck bones and shank, um, which makes kind of a combination of a meat and a bone broth, which are really two different things. Um, but I, I tend to get a ton of gelatin when I use those bones. So I do spend a little extra and I buy grass fed bones just to make my broth with, but you can easily Mm -hmm. make broth from bones that you are going to throw away anyway. So it's not like this is even a food you have to spend a lot of money on that. This is, could be kind of free. You know, if, if you're have any bones left over from anything, you can make bone broth and, and you can mix bones. So you, you might say, well, you know, it takes me three weeks to eat enough chicken. Well, that's okay because if you have beef or pork or chicken or, or any bone, fish, throw it all in. You know, it, 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 you get unique flavors when you mix up different bones and you get unique nutrient um, variables because each animal has a different nutrient profile so don't be afraid to experiment bone broth is drop dead easy and i remember the first time i looked at it and when you see simmer for 24 to 40 Mm -hmm. 24 to 36 hours you're like oh my god you know this sounds complicated but that's it that's the whole step throw the bones in throw the water in a little bit of acid apple cider vinegar lemon juice whatever you want to use and, and that's it. Let it simmer for 36 hours. And when you're done, put it in the freezer. I mean, it really is that simple. And it is an, a really inexpensive, nutrient-dense food. So, you know, we, we mention it here and there. We haven't talked about it a lot. I really encourage people to make your own bone broth. And the other thing is, if you do cook for, you know, soups or stews or anything like that, the bone broth will make the best soup you have ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I was one of those that was hesitant, like, you know, just, just didn't, you know, think this was compl- not complicated, but I just didn't have the stuff in place and something was always missing. And, and um, once I finally did, and that's what I encourage anybody, just 
this weekend if you're home, <laughs> do it. Try to make some and, and go from there because then you're going to adjust more. You you might add some, you know, like you said, spices or whatever, and you think, oh, next time I want to try this, you know, and just, just have some fun with it. And you'll be glad you have that in your refrigerator or freezer. You know, and I'll give somebody else an idea because I know a lot of people have started carrying um, the Instant Pot on their truck. We've talked about mm-hmm. that before. There are other, Instant Pot is a brand name. There are other um, multi-cookers is what it is. So the Instant Pot is a pressure cooker, a slow cooker, a, you can saute and, and uh, sear in it. It'll get hot enough. It can be a steamer. The Instant Pot actually has a yogurt setting. Um, it, it's just a, a really cool appliance. But the one thing that I started doing recently, and I absolutely love it, is I make my bone broth in the pressure cooker now. So instead of 36 hours, I do it in three. And it comes oh, out better. Yeah, great. I I've made uh, three batches now in the pressure cooker. And when you put this stuff in the refrigerator, it is pure jello. I mean, it is like you can cut it with a knife, which is a, a really good sign that it's, you know, it's concentrated. It's got a lot of the gelatin, a lot of the collagen, which is what we're looking for. And so far, the batches I've done in the pressure cooker, just the best I've had so far. And, and all I do is put in, Anywhere from, you know, you can get away with about a half a pound of bones. Doesn't take a lot. A, a pound makes an awesome concentrated uh, bone broth, but you can do it with about a half a pound of bones. Fill up to the, the max line on the pressure cooker with water and then put in vegetables if you want, herbs, play around with that garlic, onions, seasonings, whatever, or nothing. We just want to put the bones and the water in. You're good. And then uh, I never measure this, but a splash of acid, you know, apple cider vinegar, coconut vinegar, lemon juice, whatever. Just that helps pull the minerals out of the bone. Put that in, put the pressure cooker on. Um, My pressure cooker happens to go up to 99 minutes. So I'll set it at 90 minutes. And then when it's done, I'll just hit 90 minutes again. And I'll let it run for three hours and I get just amazing bone broth and you have it that day. It's so you, if you're afraid of that whole 36 hour thing and, uh, you know, or on the truck, you're just not going to be able to do that on the truck. But honestly, you have an instant pot in your truck. You could do this going down the road. It's sealed. It's, you know, you set it up in the morning. And by the time you stop halfway through the day, you've got bone broth. That sounds like that's a, that's great. I'm definitely good. I don't have an Instapot and I've been, it's been on my list of something. So that's always what happens. And I'm like, okay, Amazon, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. get working I, with it. Good. Yeah, I have two. I have the Instant Pot because I wanted to make sure I was using it so I could help other people with it. And then I have a, um, I have another pressure cooker, slow cooker, and I just drew a total blank on the brand. And the brand is what I was going to mention because um, I have multiple kitchen appliances by this company and I just love everything they make. And right now I'm drawing a blank. I can't think <laughs> who it is. Uh, I'll come up with it though. You will. Yeah. yeah. You got yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you say we get to some calls? Yeah. Sounds great. We've got some great questions out there. All right. Let's go to Richard in Texas. Richard, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Kevin. Uh, I got uh, a question about fasting, uh, coincidence. Um, but I also had another question to come up that I've been wanting to ask you for a while now, and I just had not been able to get in yet. But uh, I'll ask you it first, and I'll go back to the fasting. But real quick, and just probably a quick answer, um, uh, cannabis oil or hemp seed oil, um, as far as uh, commercial driver's license, how would that affect a a drug test if if I was taking that and I happen to have a go in for a drug test? Good question, and this was actually on my list of topics that I wanted to cover, so I'm glad you asked about this. So there's something people need to be careful of with this, drivers. Um, I, I'm a big believer in cannabis oil, but we have to be careful how we use that word. Um, so really, right. I should say hemp oil or CBD oil. There's two ways they can get that product. They can take cannabis or marijuana, which is the the plant that has the psychoactive, the THC, which gets you high. And from right. that plant, they can extract just pure CBD oil. And CBD does not get you high. CBD does not have THC. And CBD does not show up on a drug test because it's not a controlled substance. It's still being extracted from the plant that had THC. That's that's one way to get it. Now, the only place you're going to find those types of oils are in states where marijuana is legal because they have to be able to use that plant to extract the CBD. But now what you're okay. seeing is CBD oil derived from hemp that is legal everywhere in all 50 states. So hemp is in the same family as marijuana, but the hemp plant doesn't have any THC. It does have CBD, which is the oil we're after. There, the crazy thing about CBD is there has been very, very little research done on it over the years because it's always been listed as a schedule one drug. So you weren't allowed right. to test. So there's not a lot of research on this. It, it's been fairly recent that they started doing the research and the testing, and the results are pretty amazing. I mean, th this seems like almost one of those too-good-to-be-true kind of things. You know, it, it, it fixes a lot of problems. So I, I'm, I, I'm actually taking hemp oil right now. I, I just started about a week ago. Uh, because Biotics just brought out a line of hemp oil and we ordered it in. I wanted to try it. And so I've been on it about a week now. So I, I'm going to have some results later on. Um, let me get to a break. I'll come back and I'll talk about how this would affect a commercial driver. Stick around. We'll be right back. Kevin Rothbard.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We were talking with Richard in Texas. So the the one thing I would say to a commercial driver is you don't have to avoid this. You just want to make sure that any CBD oil that you're using was derived from hemp because then there's no chance whatsoever there's going to be THC in there. But if it's derived from, from cannabis, then you would have to be very careful that it didn't have THC because I've seen CBD oils like in Oregon, I can buy CBD oil that does also have THC. That would be a problem. But the biotics, it, we, we've ordered this stuff from biotics, absolutely no THC. No way this would ever mess up a drug test for a driver. Okay, so the uh, hemp oil and the cannabis oil have got the same benefits then? They do, because we're, we're extracting okay. the same thing. We're, we're, we're going after the CBD, and <laughs> both plants have CBD, so we can extract it from either one. But if we get it from cannabis, there's always the chance we're going to have THC as well. Okay. Uh, on fasting, um, a couple of years ago, I've uh, uh, done about a uh, almost a 14-day fast, just nothing but water. Um, and I, I lost a pretty good bit of weight, um, and I done it because I was I was overweight. I started back eating again, and um, and lo and behold, you know what happens then? I gained all my weight back. So I'm 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 stiff. I'm um uh swollen and and fat, and I'm sick of it, and I'm I'm tired of it. So I I just just yesterday I I told my wife I said I'm going on a, a water fast. I don't know how long I'm going to do it, but uh, I'm tired of feeling this way, and I want to do it for uh, uh, however long it takes to get all the taste of bread and and uh, grain products and all that out of my mouth. But I'm I'm wanting to know what would I need to be doing, what would I need to be taking to keep nutrients or benefits in my body without having to eat anything, just doing just water. Uh, maybe things like uh, juices or something like that, or just uh, is there uh, um uh I don't even know yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here, Kim. I'm sure you'll have some things to add to this. Yeah. Part of the idea of a fast, because we can do a true water fast like you're talking about. You're not going to get any nutrients. And that's okay right. for a limited amount of time. You know, you wouldn't want to do a really long water fast because at some point you are going to be depriving your body of nutrients. So then we could do different modified fasts so that we do get some nutrition and then you can go longer. So it really just depends on on how long you want to do this. Um, If you're looking to just kind of get rid of those cravings and and maybe jumpstart the process so that, remember, when you're done fasting, you can't go back to eating the way you used to. If you do, the same thing's going to happen. But if you're using this, to jumpstart into a cleaner diet, then I would say on a water fast, no more than seven days. I mean, and you're probably going to have a hard time getting to seven days if it's just pure water. You can do it. Um, And anything beyond seven days, I don't think you're getting enough benefit to make it worth the loss of nutrients. On the other hand, if you do a bulletproof coffee, bone broth, I, I would avoid juices because they're really just all sugar. 
Um, you could juice vegetables, keep it very low sugar. And I know people that do a juicing fast like that. That's a lot of greens and a lot of vegetables. Those kinds of fasts, you can do those for a very long time because you are giving your body nutrition. It's getting fat. It's getting okay. protein. Um, if you've got vegetables, it's getting all kinds of nutrition. So if you were to do, say, a bulletproof coffee, bone broth, vegetable juice fast, how you could do that for months, literally. I mean, with those three things, I can give my body all the nutrition it needs. So that's really what I would look at. If you want to do a short duration, jumpstart this to get, you know, head into a cleaner diet, then you might do a water fast for three to seven days or so. And that's probably all you're going to need. If you want to fast longer for more weight loss, um, then I would say you need to add some nutrients into it. Kim, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just thinking, in, recommend, you know, maybe you start out with that water fast. And if you don't have um, Jimmy's book yet, The Complete Guide to Fasting, get it in the meantime. There's, I liked, and it, it helped me to see like some sample what a week would look like on a 12-hour or a 36-hour fast or something. And it showed you some meals you would have in between. And then that might help you um, not get to that point where once you're off, you're going to go back to, you know, the old way of eating. It can, you know, get you your nutrients, start building some good habits and, um, show you a way that you can make it part of your life, um, you know, more consistently down the road till you get to what your goal, whatever you're doing. And you'll feel like you're feeding your body, um, more, I mean, for lack of a better word, I'm feeding just nutrient wise that you're giving your body more of what it needs. Um, and I think if you see this, and, and like I said, scroll towards the back of the book and it shows you um, different alternatives, um, you, you might find a place for it. Uh, on the uh, Bulletproof Coffee, Kevin, um, is, is that a particular coffee brand or is that just any coffee with the additives that added into it? There is a Bullet, you know, when we use the term bulletproof, technically that that is trademarked. Uh, Dave Asprey, you know, bulletproof coffee is his brand. Um, I don't think he minds when we kind of use the name in other ways because we're still promoting his stuff. Um, technically, uh, he recommends his brand of coffee um, and it's bulletproof. And the idea is that it's coffee is very susceptible to mold toxins. In fact, they claim virtually all of the coffee on the market is loaded with mold toxins, even if it's organic, all of those things. Oh, wow. So, so he went down and he either bought a coffee plantation somewhere or he contracted with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact story, but he controls the coffee, how it's grown, how it's processed, how it's roasted. He controls every step. And then he tests it to make sure there are no mold toxins in his coffee. Now, this is an interesting thing, because when I first started studying this, I read his reviews, um, people reviewing his coffee. And they were like over the top. Oh, my God, this stuff is amazing. I feel so different when I drink his coffee compared to regular coffee. So I'm like, well, I got to try this stuff. So I bought it and I tried it for a month. And I did not notice one bit of difference. And then I went and did it again. Like a couple months later, I went and bought it again and I tried it. Zero difference. 
So I thought, I don't get it. Are these people, is it all in their head? Here's what I think might be going on. I think that some people are much more susceptible to those mold toxins. And I think Dave Asprey is one of those people. And that's why he did this, because he had some really severe episodes in his life of um, mold contamination that really damaged his health. So I think the, the why some people swear by this stuff and other people can't see any difference, I don't think it's the coffee. I think it's you're either really susceptible to the mold toxins or you're not. And if you are, yeah. his coffee may be amazing. But if you're not, it's not worth the extra cost. Because I, I, like I said, okay. I, it, his coffee is expensive. I tried it and I can't tell any difference. So I would say that if you're drinking coffee and you feel really jittery and anxious after you drink coffee, try his and see if there's any difference. But I couldn't tell any difference. Is that oh, is that uh, available in stores or website or how, how do you get it? His website. Um, we sell some of his products. We don't stock the coffee just because of that reason. I don't want people to okay. think that we're promoting some overpriced coffee for everybody because, like I say, there are some people that might want to try it, but I think there are a lot of people that aren't going to notice the difference. Okay. All right. All right. I sure appreciate it, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Um, Kim, you know, I, I really think, and I've been waiting um, have you noticed anybody yet on our any of our one-on-ones that um, on the fit test came up positive for coffee? Um, I think there was one person. Um, it might be one of them that we are talking to um, this uh, this week. Okay, Let, let's try to remember yeah. to, to recommend to them if they're willing that they try Dave Asprey's coffee, and I, I want to okay. see. If somebody who showed up as reacting to coffee, because I don't think they're reacting to coffee. I think if anything, they're probably uh, reacting to the um, to the mold toxins, the mold, and, and that yeah. then we would know. So I, I'd like to find somebody and try that. Ah, uh, yeah, we did. Somebody's it's a point. It's a four plus reaction. So oh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Good. Maybe we'll have a guinea pig then. We're going to get to a break. Yeah. I'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. We're heading into the fourth segment, but we have tons of questions, so we're going to do another hour, so don't go anywhere. Um, after this, we'll come right back and record another hour. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're down to the final segment, so we're going to get right back 
to the phone calls. We're off to South Carolina. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Uh, my question today is about your recommendation for supplements. But before I ask my question, I want to thank you and Kim uh, for all y'all do. Uh, you know, it comes down to credibility when you listen to someone about advice in different things in life. And after you helping me so much in the trucking uh, business and industry and then your health advice, I mean, if you ever wonder what your legacy is going to be, when I tell people about you, I say, this guy is probably the best researcher out there. So you helped me lower my triglycerides from 650 down to a normal range, not even requiring uh, uh, medication. So thank you for that. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I was headed for diabetes in a slow fashion, but like I said, uh, listen to y'all lowering my carbohydrates uh, really helped. Uh, I took the NutraQ uh, test, and, and what I've got is I, I had my gallbladder taken out. Uh, the short of it was I got into something in Desert Storm, and, and they took my gallbladder out when it was really damaged to my liver. If I'd have known then what I know now from you and Kim, I wouldn't have let them take my gallbladder, but money managed uh, medicine, you know, prevailed. So yep. I don't have a gallbladder, and I take cholesterol uh, to offset having to run to the restroom, you know, in the mornings, especially after breakfast. So they have me on cholesterol one gram uh, tablets for that, which is hard to choke down. And I also am on Asafex for my acid reflux issue. Uh, so I'm wondering what supplements you would recommend. And uh, I think, uh, thanks to the NutriQ uh, uh, survey, I think that I'm having the issue with, with uh, fatty acids digestion. So uh, just recommendations on the supplements, please. Yeah, so it's interesting. The... Um, uh, the, let's start with the acid, the proton pump inhibitor. I don't think this is a, a, an acid. It's a proton pump inhibitor. Um, exactly. I, I would spot on. Okay. I, I would recommend that we do the um, protocol to wean off of the PPI. We know they're bad for your health. Long term, um, they create all kinds of problems. They're not solving the issue that we have because it's not that you have too much stomach acid, you probably don't have enough, and now we're turning off the pumps. So that one's pretty straightforward. Um, Kim just put a lot of work into a, a really nice write-up of that whole protocol and how to do that, and it's at our designer now, should be up on the website um, soon, I hope. So we can work on, and you know, we can get that over to you. We don't have to wait till it's designed. We can just send that over to you because um, that, that's really, um, then the cholestopol, this is an interesting drug. What this does is it actually binds to the bile that's in your body and takes it out of your body. So when I first looked at this, I thought, well, this is bizarre. He doesn't have a gallbladder, which means we already have issues with bile salts. And that's why you're not digesting your fats properly. And that showed up on the NutriQ. So that's our secondary proof that you're not digesting fats properly, which is common when you don't have a gallbladder. But then on top of that, they give okay. you a drug that binds to the bile salt that is in your body and takes it out of your body. 
And the reason is that forces your liver to produce more bile, which in order to produce bile, your liver uses cholesterol. That, that's one of the jobs of cholesterol. You need cholesterol. Your liver uses cholesterol to produce bile. So this drug, because it takes out of your body, forces your liver to make more, which uses up your cholesterol, which lowers your cholesterol. It, it, wow. It's just such, uh, yeah, it's just such a crazy way of doing things. And it adds one more complication on top of somebody who doesn't have a gallbladder. We already have bile salt issues, and now it's going to be even more complicated because of this drug. I would say that if your cholesterol numbers have improved this much, you certainly don't need this drug anymore for cholesterol. I'm not sure that you ever needed it anyway, because I'm not a big fan of any cholesterol drug. But now that your cholesterol is under control because your diet's better, I would think you would be far better off to stop this drug and start using um, a bile salt instead. I, I think it will still fix the problem of that, you know, the urgency to get to the bathroom, not digesting the fats. I think we can fix those problems the right way rather than using this drug that has this mechanism that, you know, we kind of understand, but who knows what other havoc it's wreaking in your body. Awesome. Really appreciate you breaking it down that way. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Now, I, I would always recommend talk to your doctor before you go off any drug, maybe even get a second opinion from, say, a naturopath. But but that's what I'm seeing here, that that's the mechanism that this drug uses. And it, Kim, that it just, again, we, we have natural ways of doing all of these things. And yet, you know, we're taking this drug. This one seems kind of crazy for somebody that doesn't have a gallbladder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was grateful um, chatting with Jerry. He's, he's got his diet in line and that's the number one thing that we always recommend too. So that's why it feels really good, you know, hearing you, t you know, seeing what he has, cause I knew we, we hit that point where we realized he was on, you know, some meds to, to compare, have you take a look at him. Um, but knowing he had his diet in line and then hearing the recommendation, you just know he's going to get where he needs to be, you know, one step further. So, you just Jerry, just so he knows, I'll send him. I'll send him. I'll send him that protocol so he has it before, uh, beforehand. Yeah, you just hit it on the head, and I'm glad you said that because I didn't say it, but I, I do know that Jerry has done the hard work. His diet's right, so it's easy for me to mm -hmm. say, "Well, stop this medication. Stop that medication. We can fix mm -hmm. this." You may need to supplement. Well, he's going to have to supplement for the rest of his life because he doesn't have a gallbladder. Um, but if somebody were in this position and not willing to change their diet, then I, I couldn't make either one of those recommendations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I told Jerry when he started talking and, um, I said, and that's what it is. They're just so happy to hear they got their diet in line because with everybody we, you and I've ch chatted with and, and that you talk with on the show, that's the number one thing we stress. The supplements won't do any good nope. if you don't have your diet in line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is as much as I hate to say this, with a poor diet, supplements, you're not going to really notice much difference. I, I've, I've seen this over the years. It, it's why I didn't believe in supplements for so long, because I just didn't see any results. I tested things. I tried things. 
get virtually zero results or so little it wasn't even worth it. Then everything changed when my diet was right. Then I realized, hey, wait a minute. Some of these supplements, if you if you get a good quality and you you have the right reason why you're taking it, you target it, they do work. In fact, they work really well. But if, with a poor diet, they don't. But but yeah. drugs do. You know, it, they give you these drugs. You do see results. Either symptoms go away or numbers improve. And that's why we keep doing it, I guess, because it's easier. You know, oh, look, I can eat whatever I want. I take this drug and my problem seems to go away. But your problem really doesn't go away. We're, we're covering yeah. it up and creating others. So when somebody does get their diet right, it, it's just so encouraging because we know with a little bit of supplementation, we can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. And speaking of um, not going away, the one thing that comes to mind is, is the proton pump inhibitors. It not only doesn't go away, your health slowly gets worse the longer you are on those. Those, I think, are one of the scariest ones to me. In so many ways, your health gets worse. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it really is scary, and it's scary to know that I believe they're in the top three class of drugs for profitability mm -hmm. around. Oh, uh, it, it's huge, huge crazy. profit maker for the drug companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Oh, good job, Jerry. Congratulations. Let's go to Colorado. Byron, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, I lost over the last little over a year. I've lost 40 pounds. Blood pressure is down about 20 points. And then these cute little brown vests came around our neighborhood last weekend. <laughs> and uh, $17 <laughs> later, <laughs> That's funny. bringing these little round morsels of goodness. But yeah. you know, I guess the the good part about it is, you spend $17, you're getting so much less sugar now than you used to get. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. But, well, congratulations yeah, so kind of, prior to that. Kind of, kind of fell off the wagon a little bit here. But uh, uh, anyway, no, the reason I called is uh, I've known my hey, uh, uh, scale. You know what I'm going to do? I wasn't paying attention to the clock. I didn't think we were done. I'm going to uh, bring you back onto the next show because I want to get to your question. I don't want to have to rush it. But I've got to get out of here, so I'm going to wrap this up. We'll have to do it again next time. Thanks for joining us. Kim, any final words? Nope. Just thanks for being here, everyone. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks, everyone. All right, we're going to do another hour. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. 
The website is letstruck.com. This is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cockerham, is here with me. This is the show where we talk about everything health. We can talk about food, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, training, exercise, injuries, disease, supplements, you name it. We'll tackle it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call us. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome back. Hi, glad to be here, Kevin. You know, it's uh, it, it's interesting. In the last show, we had a caller who was on a specific drug, and I hadn't come across that drug before. It was a cholesterol-lowering drug, but it wasn't a statin, um, and it wasn't niacin. There are some other things they used to lower cholesterol, and so I had to go do some research on it. It was interesting. Um, one of the things that I've just been fascinated lately when I do this research is understanding how a drug works. You know, I've never thought about it before, and I don't think many people do. You go to the doctor, you have a symptom, mm-hmm. they give you a drug, take it. But I've been fascinated with what is this drug doing? How, what is the mechanism it's using? Why does it work, or why does it? Why do we think it works? And this one was kind of interesting because it literally took bile, and it would bind to it and take it out of your body. It, it would it would basically render that bile useless. And we have bile to digest fat. The idea then is if if you take the bile out of the body, the liver is forced to produce more bile and it uses cholesterol to produce bile so it lowers cholesterol. Well, that seems kind of ingenious, but we have to remember this is a human body. This isn't a machine and nothing is simple. So there are always side effects. You know, is it really a good thing to force our liver to produce more bile? Our our liver has over 500 jobs to do in the body. That's a lot. And our, our standard American diet just wreaks havoc on our liver. Too much sugar, too much fructose, too many processed foods, too many toxins, too many food additives. We have toxins in our environment. Our livers are already overworked. Do we really want to take a drug that makes it work harder? That's interesting. You just brought up a whole other thing. We need everybody to go to actually learn how their medications work. That's fascinating that that's what that did. Yeah. And the other cholesterol medicines, statins, they actually block your liver from producing the cholesterol in the first place. So... So there's two very different approaches to lowering cholesterol. The problem with the statin is not only does it block your body from producing the cholesterol, which we need, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's one of the Mm -hmm. things where we have to keep remembering. Our body produces all this cholesterol for a reason. We need it for a lot of things. So if we start using it up and binding and, and... None of these things sound good. And and to stop our liver from producing cholesterol seems like a really bad idea. Then on top of that, it also blocks our liver from producing CoQ10, which is a really critical nutrient. We don't get much of it from our food. And now this drug blocks our liver from producing it. So um, I think you're right. I, I think this is a good assignment for everybody. Get a list of your drugs. And honestly, this is really simple. 
Now, I, I'm going to recommend a website here. It's not one of my favorites because it actually has a lot of misinformation. But it is a good place to go look up how your drug works, and it's WebMD. Now, I'm not a big fan of WebMD's advice about diet and, and supplements and a lot of other things. But I will say that if you want to understand your drug, what it does, what the side effects are, what the interactions are, WebMD is actually a really good resource. So for that, I, I would say make a list of the drugs you're taking and go to WebMD and read about how they work. It's pretty interesting sometimes. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, anything you want to talk about or should we get to some calls? Oh, no, let's get to some calls. That's great. All right, let's do that. Let's go to South Carolina. Pete, welcome to the program. Hey, hey. hi, uh, Kevin. Hey, um, I'm the one that was on the fast for 29 days, and after that I made myself a steak, 8 to 10 ounces, I don't remember, some blue cheese and Swiss on there, and I started with the hydro chloric acid pills. I didn't have the capsule ones. Uh, at 20, I got sort of chicken and I stopped because uh, I wasn't feeling anything. And for the first time, as long as I can remember, I was the last one at the table because I chewed the heck out of that steak. Uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to follow protocol. Uh and right. I was just wondering, uh, where did I go wrong on that? Well, maybe you didn't go wrong, but we may want to try one more test. So which HCL product were you mm -hmm. using? Uh, the one on, uh, on your website, that biotics. Yeah, which, he said what the was pills, so that's, he, he mentioned it wasn't the capsule, so that means he was only at about 115 milligrams per tablet. Versus okay, 700 so, milligrams for the capsule. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's what I was getting to. So, Pete, yeah. just to give you an idea of the numbers, let, let's just say it was 100 milligrams, close enough, and you took 20 of them. Um, what did I say? 100 milligrams, you took 20. So you had 2,000 total milligrams. The, the other HCL supplement that we have in the store is 700 milligrams per capsule, so only three of those would have been more hydrochloric acid than what you took in 20. So what we would recommend, if you still think you may have a, an acid deficiency, is I would try, I mean, if you have a bottle of the, the, the 100 milligrams, you could take 40 of them. I mean, it, it, that'd be like six of the others. And that's normally when we say quit. Uh, six times seven, roughly about 4,000 milligrams of hydrochloric acid. If you get up to that much and you're not feeling anything, then we just say quit, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, so it's really just the numbers right now. 20 sounds outrageous, 40 sounds just stupid, but you could do that if you already have it, or you could buy a bottle of the stronger stuff and try a test with that. And we wouldn't want you to go past, say, six or seven of those. One of the things we have found, and this is still fairly new, um, is that if somebody's digestive system is working properly, 
their stomach is producing enough stomach acid and it's strong enough, the pH is low enough that you, no matter how much you take, your body is used to the strong stomach acid and you're just not going to feel anything. So sometimes if you get to six or seven of the more powerful and you're not feeling anything, sometimes it's an indication you just don't need it. Okay. You know, uh, another thing, you know, on, on the fasting, uh, you know, after my fourth day, like I, I said, go, I think I did. Uh, go ahead. Let me go. Yeah, let me go back and, and say something um, before we move on. Um, if you're not noticing symptoms of low stomach acid, like you have no acid reflux, you have no GERD, no heartburn, your digestive feels like it's working fine. And, you know, you've tried this test with the HCL and you're not really feeling anything. That just may be a good sign that you don't need any. You know, if you don't have any symptoms and, and you're not feeling anything on the acid challenge, I would say just skip it then. Okay. Uh, but anyways, you know, like uh, I, I started that fast with the Bulletproof coffee. And, see, I, I would do a second Bulletproof coffee. I think it was the third or fourth day, what do you call it? I actually had two a day. And then uh, after that, I could do go the whole day with one. And somewhere down the line, your son uh, jumped in and, you know, he made the comment that that's truly not a true fast. And it was either the 16th or 20th day. And from there on, then what do you call it? I just went with water. I, I think it was the 20th day. So the last nine days uh, were what do you call it? Strictly with water. Uh, they, I, I thought I lost a little energy those uh, nine days without anything where... Uh, when I had the bulletproof coffee, I felt that I could go fasting forever. You know, what do you call it? There's days that I was down in Florida, you know, putting on 20,000 steps walking around. I did get a little bit of a lower back pain uh, from walking. But as far as feeling, uh, I really felt great. Dropped from 188 down to 164. And it wow. looked... Let me, uh, let me get to a break. We will come back and talk about this more right after this because that, that um, kind of goes to the point that we made on the prior show about fasting. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. Oh, hold on. I hit the right buttons. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We were... Uh, talking with Pete about fasting. Kim, you know, this is kind of what we talked about um, on the last show on fasting, that there are different approaches to this. Some fast, you know, a true fast, 
a true fast would be just water, no, no calories whatsoever. But that doesn't mean that's the only beneficial fast. It, it, it depends on what we're trying to accomplish. That, that true water fast is going to have to be of limited duration. If you do that for too long, you're going to do damage to your body. Your body needs the nutrients. So you want to be careful how long you do a, a water fast. And, and by the way, Kim, feel free to jump in with anything from the book. I haven't finished it yet. I, I'm reading too many books at once right now. Yeah. So if there's something from the book about this, by all means, jump in. Um, but this is from my prior research on fasting that, you know, a true water fast, there are benefits there. Your body is not digesting anything. You're giving your, your entire digestive system a real break from doing anything. Um, and there are other benefits to our cells and mitochondria and other things. And then there's the fast where maybe it's bulletproof, so we're getting good fats. Maybe it's a uh, vegetable juice fast. Uh, maybe it's a bone broth. Maybe it's all three. We're still fasting. You know, we're, we're, we're still, it, it's different than eating the normal diet where we're eating solid foods all the time. There are still benefits. And, and those fasts that have nutrients involved allow us to do it longer. So it, it's a different way of fasting, still has lots of benefits. And, you know, he had mentioned that when he was on kind of the bulletproof fast, he was losing weight. Well, yeah, and you can do this longer. And it's going to be a, a reduced calorie. So, of course, you're going to lose weight. So there, they, I, I, probably the best thing to do is go read the book because I'm, from what I can gather mm -hmm. skimming through it and the reading I've done, they cover all the different variables. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. And, it's, um, and I like how you said, too, there's, there's, different, there's different reasons. You know, like we had talked on the other show where I got up today and just felt my digestion needed a break. And and listening to my body and I, and I'm, and I feel good about it. I don't know if I'm going to take this 12 hours or whatever. I'm going to listen to my body. Some people, um, you know, like we've talked about for religious reasons or, you know, they just, they just, you know, they feel like they need a, um, a little kickstart or whatever it is. Keep that goal in mind of what you want to do. Um, and then get educated on different kind of fasts so that, you know, like you said, a water fast, you don't want to go too long, on that because of all the nutrients, the sodium and everything your body's going to lose. Um, and you'll have complications from that. So, um, there's a way to do this. And the book actually, when Jimmy was on and listening to, um, Dr. Fong's interview on YouTube with Dr. Mercola was fabulous. If anybody gets a chance, go watch that. Um, it just gives a whole new, you know, I had a complete paradigm shift on what fasting was and I really see a place, at certain points within my life, and I think others might as well. Very good. Let's uh, let's go to Illinois. Marlene, welcome to the program. Hello. Yep. Are you there? Yeah. Hello. There you go. It's your turn. Hello. Uh oh. Uh, Kim. Can you try with Marlene, see if she can hear you? Yeah, Marlene. Marlene, can you hear us? Yeah. Okay, good. Glad to hear you. on. Yeah, so I sent everything over to Kevin. Um, so you can share with us, you know, what you were, what you've been doing and what you're, you know, heading into, you know, uh, doing and need some advice on the supplements. Oh, you're coming in awful choppy here. Um, I've been uh, working a program um, 
since June of last year. Um, you first start out, you do a um, you do a fast, and then it's a seven day fast, and then um, during that fast, the first two days are, are liquid, and you have powder you mix with juice, and then after the second day, you go on a limited calorie, and then after your seven days, you go on a um, uh, pretty strict um, dietary. Uh, guidelines and you have supplements that you got to take um you take them like morning midday and evening and you do that for six days well on, on this um on the food plan there you you do that food plan for six days and on the seventh day you do what they call a nutripase day which is just uh protein and healthy fats for the day and then you go back to your six day uh plan um, I've been, like I said, I've been doing that since uh, June of last year, and I'm coming up toward the end of my um, program. And I ordered uh, your uh, supplements for the keto kit, and I okay. was wondering if I could do the supplements for the for the keto kit along with what I got to finish up for the uh, program that I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Do I have a list of those, Kim? Do I have the mm-hmm. supplements? Yeah, um, it'd be in your email. So there's a screenshot of them. Maybe it's easier if I can send it, re- resend it here to you. Yeah, because I. Oh, that's why. Okay. When the email got forwarded, they weren't there, but now they are. Okay. So I can, okay. I've got it here. So okay, let yes. me take a look real quick, just so, so we've got a liver assist. Okay, we've got an endo slim, which is looks like mostly just a multivitamin and some amino acids. We have some amino acids themselves. Looks like we have some omega-3 fatty acids. And looks like uh, B6 and an amino acid. Um, yeah, there isn't – some of these you might be doubling up. Um, there's not any danger in taking the ones that I've got here and also taking um, the keto supplements that we recommend. Um, you know what? There are some – some I, I don't want you to take just because you're going to be wasting your money. But I, I'd have to take some time and, and go through these. Like the, they've got one in here called Glucoscription, um, which is just ALA. And we're already giving ALA in some of our supplements. You, the, the biggest problem I see here, not that there'd be any danger. It's just that you'd be wasting your money because you'd be doubling up on some of these. Um, the, the thing with theirs is many of theirs is each one of their supplements is one. So that's why you're taking like 12 different supplements here, whereas we tend to use um, grouped um, supplements. So, you know, we might have a blend that would combine four or five or six of these into one just to simplify things. So, Again, no real danger of anything you're taking here. You could combine these with our ours, but it's some some of it's just going to be unnecessary, and you're just going to be wasting money. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, on my, um, the one where I take the three uh, different ones a day, I got about three weeks left of that. And then, um, no, I'm sorry, I got, on the maintenance, I got about three weeks left of that and maybe about ten days left of the ones that I do like three times a day. Here's what I would recommend. You've already paid for those supplements. I looked through them all. They're all they're all correct. They're targeted. There's nothing wrong with any of those. They all have some benefit. I would say finish out those. You've already paid for them. Okay. They're they're helping being in keto. Some of these are supplements I would recommend. Some maybe not so much, but nothing in here um, really bothers me. So I would say finish these out and then start the, the keto kit that you got from us. I wouldn't take them at the same time. Not that it's going to hurt anything. I just think it would be a waste of money. Okay. Um, also, too, I had ordered um, the uh, Bulletproof Hot Chocolate and the Collagenitin, and I've been um, doing that for uh, – I've just barely got the Collagenitin in, and I've been mixing it with my coffee. Yeah. I've been – putting some of the hot chocolate and the, keto, the the gelatin in with the coffee. Good. Yeah, and that that's fine. That That's not going to conflict with the supplements at all. In fact, that will benefit you being on these supplements. Now one, one thing with their protocol um, is uh, they don't want you to do fats or oils or there's certain oils that you can do and fats and butter and stuff like that they want you not to do. I've been that, trying, that to, would, trying to mix a little bit of that and a little bit of fats together. And, and I was doing well, real good, um, dropping real quick, and then I kind of went haywire on it. Well, one of the things that I don't like to do, I don't like to look at what everybody else is doing and just criticize offhand and say, well, that's stupid or that doesn't work or, you know, People are different. We talk about bio-individual nutrition. So some things work for other people and not, not for some. But when, when any diet recommendation or protocol talks about no fat or low fat, I do have a problem with that. Um, so when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about that part of it. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking with Marlene in Illinois. So, Marlene, there's no question people lose weight on low-fat diets. Those were the rage for decades, and, and people did lose weight. There's tons of people you could say, oh, yeah, I ate low-fat and I lost weight. No question. You cut out fat, you do cut out a lot of calories, and you can lose weight. But what we found is that it's not very sustainable for most people. 
they end up going back to eating more and more fat, our body's going to crave the fat and they end up gaining the weight back and they develop all kinds of other health problems. So long-term low-fat diets, I, I, to me, are really, really bad. So that, that's one thing I would encourage you to look at. If this is really a low-fat kind of program, um, there's just a ton of evidence to show this isn't healthy long-term. And we don't have to go low-fat to lose weight. In fact, we lose more weight if we go high-fat. But you can lose weight on a low-fat. I just don't think it's very healthy. So I'm glad that you're adding you know, the good fats back in. Um, and the good fats are butter, animal fats, you know, from good clean sources and coconut oil and saturated fat. They're all good for us. So I would say that once you finish up this protocol, that I would just look at just eating good whole real food and don't be afraid of fat and eat plenty of fat and eat a little bit of protein and eat lots of vegetables. And, you know, once we kind of solve some of our immediate issues, then I think it's better that we just not get so crazy about food, not get so crazy about macronutrients and just eat whole real food. And we'll be healthy doing that. I think the macronutrient balance the most important thing there, I really think, is weight loss and blood sugar control. That's what a really good high-fat, low-carb diet accomplishes. Great for weight loss, great for blood sugar control. And once we reach those numbers that we like, then I, I like moving more towards a just a real whole food paleo kind of diet. Kim, what do you think? I think exactly. Um, I first of all applaud Marlene for all that you've done already, you know, and you're learning and you're putting new stuff in place. Um, but once you get working, think think lifestyle completely with this. And I know she, Kevin she had shared with me that um, with their maintenance, and it's not like a cool program where they have coaches and that kind of stuff too. Um, but that I believe Marlene said maintenance wise, they're gonna you know, look to add like grains back in and that kind of stuff too. And, and I was like, oh no, please, you know. Um, but that to me felt like, I don't know, it felt like a, a more of a, a on again, off again diet. So the whole lifestyle approach, if this is the way we're going to eat and getting into whole foods just is, is the way to go. And it's just wonderful, delicious and healthy. Yeah. Marlene, does that help? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it clears up a little bit of things. Questions okay. that I had. Good. Good. All right. Let's we'll head keep us updated, off. Marlene. Yeah, absolutely. Let's head off to West Virginia. Matt, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Well, um, in the uh -oh. previous show, you were talking very uh, really, really bad. I mean, we can hear you, but you sound like an alien. Oh, hang on. Let me switch to the phone here. Okay. Can you hear me now? That's better, okay. much better. Okay. Yeah, um, in the previous show, you were talking about uh, bone broth, and then talked today about fasting, too. And um, I just started a week and a half ago with a new fast, uh, pretty much just tr drinking bone broth for the week. And now the second week in the truck, I've been drinking bone broth and just eating very little uh, like one day I'll eat a can of sardines and a salad, 
And today I'm just having a couple pieces of liver in a salad and a little bit of fermented um, sauerkraut. Because I, uh, I, I really fell off the bandwagon, you know, from two years ago when all this started and basically uh, ballooned all the way right back up to where I started from. I, was, I weighed in at 293 uh, a week ago Monday. So yep, getting that's, back on uh, track, really hardcore. <laughs> well, and, and I think the way you're doing it makes sense what we might call a modified fast, a, a lot less calories. And when you do eat, you're making it very nutrient dense, the liver, the bone broth, the fermented foods. I, you know, that's another way of looking at this, Kim, is that mm-hmm. fasting isn't all or nothing. It, there, there are lots of variations on it. You know, if, if, we, if we are normally consuming 2,500 calories a day, and we cut down to a thousand and we make those thousand calories really nutrient dense. That may not be a fast, but it's still really good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt, I was just saying, I'm just, I, I, I'm so proud of you. That's so great to, you know, reel back in. And I think sometimes it can be more challenging the next time around, you know, sometimes when you first start out and it's, it's new and you get such great results and then life happens. You know, sometimes it's a little, you know, we can get down on ourselves and that, but that's where you just, you know, look forward and, and that's great that you've put those things, you know, those in place and, and just take it day by day. And we know you and discipline, that'll, you're going to do awesome. Well, yeah, cause I did oh, probably five years ago or so I did a juice diet where I was juicing all types of, you know, fruits and vegetables and everything, you know, <laughs> Right for a while, and I did that for well, the original juice diet I did for fast for probably 14 or 15 days, and then I was almost vegan for a couple of months, and that it worked really well. But I really struggled for that one, that was mm-hmm. that was really tough in the beginning. But uh, drinking bone broth. You know, the first day, there's a little hunger there. The second day was the toughest. And after that, it's been no big deal at all. Good. So Good. That's, I, I think that's... the nutrient in bone broth is probably a major help in any type of fast. You know, I think it is. And there, there's a, a ton of nutrients in bone broth. And I think there are things in there that, you know, are really good for fasting. I, I think that's why. Uh, the two go so well together. There, there's a lot of nutrition there. It's easily assimilated by the body. So we're not putting a big strain on the digestive system, but we're still getting a lot of nutrients. So, you know, I, I think the bone broth fast makes a lot of sense. If, for me, if I were going to do an extended fast, it, it almost wouldn't be a fast. It, it would be a different way of eating. But it, for me, I think it would be I would still do my two cups of bulletproof coffee in the morning. I think I would do bone broth all afternoon, you know, when I wanted it. And I, I would probably do some sort of a green smoothie at night, um, you know, with some carbohydrates, maybe even a little bit of fruit in there. And that wouldn't be a true fast. I'm obviously taking in calories and nutrients and everything, but that would still be very different than eating, you know, whole food all the time. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess the one thing we really want to get across to people is don't get so hung up on titles or technicalities or, you know, is it really a fast if you're eating, you know, anything at all, any calories? Well, who cares? It, mm-hmm. it would still be beneficial, you know, it, yeah. it, so just keep that in mind. And, you know, the other thing I, I love about what we've been talking about and promoting, which is a, a, a ketogenic diet as a therapeutic diet to lose weight and to gain blood sugar control, and then slowly moving from full-blown keto to more paleo, which allows a lot more food choices, a lot more vegetables, some fruit here and there. And I think by doing that, we we don't have as much risk of going on a specific diet that fixes things and then going back to the way we used to eat, which is mm-hmm. you're just going to end up with the same results again. So I, I like yeah. that idea of, you know, using the keto as long as you need to or want to and then slowly transitioning more to a paleo diet so that you don't go back to eating the way you used to. Yeah. Like, yeah, for example... Last call with Marlene, and and you rec- you mm-hmm. mentioned that you know this diet allows you to bring grains and things back in. The minute you do, we're going to see all those same problems again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just that you know that it takes a while to, and you'll still come up against people that say that whole grains are good for you, and you and you see it everywhere. Um, so that's a that's that's the one to put the wall up to, and and just know your body does not need that. You know, when we talk carbs, we're talking some good leaf greeny vegetables and, you know, root vegetables and, and so forth. So think of the whole idea of carbs as something different. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. We're going to get to a break. We'll come right back and we've got more stuff on the way. So don't go away. This is Destination Health. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. You can also look us up on Facebook. Look up Destination Health on Audio Road Network. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. This is Destination Health. Kim's here with me. We're going to get right back to the calls. Let's go to Utah. Steve, welcome to the program. Yeah, hello. So my my question is, uh, my friend's mother just recently had her gallbladder removed. Okay. And I was wondering, uh, um, you got information I can pass along to her, like, because it's better if they read it for themselves or look it up for themselves than just somebody telling them, you know, on what supplements they should be taking now and and what they need to do now that they don't have a gallbladder. Kim, we don't have anything yet in writing, do we? No, we don't. And I just thought it's so funny you said you went that route because I, I thought of that too. You know, we're talking about the library we want to build and I, 
you know, stomach acid, we could throw a book at you. Something else, you know, we'd throw something at you to, to send your way. But yeah, we don't have anything written up yet. That's a good one. Yeah, you know what I would do, though, because th this is pretty straightforward. And what I mean by that is there, there's not any real controversy. Everybody agrees that that understands this and actually addresses this issue. They all agree on the same thing. The gallbladder is there for a reason. When you lose the gallbladder, you have to supplement with bile salts. That, that, that's kind of universal. I mean, I don't see anybody arguing that. So if you even do a Google search for, say, living without gallbladder, um, I think you'll come up with a ton. Let me see if there's somebody in here that I really like, uh, like if Dr. Axe has anything mm -hmm. or Mercola. Um, I'm, I, I have one here from Mercola. Um, five important tips if you've had gallstones or your gallbladder removed. Um, so I'm not going to say there isn't going to be some misinformation on there. There are websites, primarily the more traditional websites, Mayo Clinic, WebMD, some of those, that are actually going to recommend you eat a low-fat diet when you've lost your gallbladder which is wrong. So I, I, now that I look through here, I, I do see you're going to, I said it was universal, but it's not. Um, there are still a lot of organizations out there that just have this wrong. Um, so Kim, I guess one of the things we could do is go find two or three really good articles on mm -hmm. this and on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. We will do that. Yeah. So, Steve, you know, check the, the Facebook page over the next day or two and we'll try to go find a couple good articles on this and, and link to them. OK, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Georgia. Javin, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a problem. Um, every night I'm waking up with between 1 and 2 o'clock every night. And uh, not only that, what wakes me up, I have to use the restroom. So uh, what's causing that, and do you have anything for that? Um, well, there's two reasons this could be happening. So we want to determine which one it is first. When So after you get up, you go to the bathroom, you come back to bed. Do you have any trouble falling back asleep? Yeah, uh, three to four hours later. Oh, so sometimes it's just the fact that we need to go to the bathroom that wakes us up. But most of the time, if that's the case, you should fall right back asleep without any problem. Kim, what's the other big thing that wakes us up at two in the morning? Yeah, the other thing, Javin, is that your blood sugar is dropping and, uh, and your body's just saying it needs some more insulin and it's waking you up. So I need to drink before I go to bed? Well, what we, we, we recommend. Oops, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead, Kevin. So what we've been talking, and I've been doing this as well, and it's it's worked wonders. It's just having um, either at my evening meal, I have a little bit of a carb. Personally, myself, I love sweet potatoes. So I have a small, I mean, it's three ounces of a sweet potato with some good fat on it. Um, you could have some berries with some um, heavy whipping cream or you know, a nice half an apple with some, some nut butter or some nuts. So you're getting a good carb, a good uh, starchy carb with a fat. So that will help even out your blood sugar through the evening and help you stay asleep. There's also 
we have a wonderful little snack in the store now. We might be oh, out of it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all, yes, all of yes. the snacks you mentioned are ideal. Those are excellent. In fact, Lisa and I have been on that kick for the last week or so. Every night she's been making um, a, a very low sugar whipped cream and berries. And, and I love that as a snack at night. And it really does fulfill that. The berries have just enough sugar in it to keep your blood sugar steady throughout the night. The good fat kind of slows down the absorption. So all of those snacks that Kim mentioned are perfect. Apple and nut butter fits perfect. Berries and, and whipped cream, sweet potato with butter. Um, those are all excellent. We have one in the store now called Monkey Brittle. And it's four ingredients, all organic, all raw. And it's just a, a what caught my attention. Not only does it taste amazing, but it's a really nice balance, just about a perfect balance for a before bed snack of carbs, fat, and protein. Just about perfect. So it's easy. You open up a bag, you eat a quarter, a third of the bag. Um, the other thing you may want to do, have you ever had any blood sugar issues or you ever had your A1C checked or checked your fasting? blood sugar uh no i uh not that i know of i have okay. my blood type checked and my blood pressure and that's fine yeah i have a feeling you are at in the beginning stages of some blood sugar issues and now is a good time to catch them uh, most people go years with this and never realize so I, i'm glad you're paying attention to that i i would recommend getting a blood glucose meter i think everybody should have one really and, and start checking your own blood sugar. Um, I, I just think that would be a good idea. And that'll give us, um, a, a, you know, one more piece of evidence that that's probably what's going on. The other thing you could do is fill out our free NutriQ. And if it, there are other symptoms it's going to ask you about that will verify that, that this is blood mm -hmm. sugar control. Uh, hello, you see it there? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, do you see that meter in your store? Uh, we are working with a company right now um, on a meter that works with your smartphone. Um, I just got an email back from them yesterday. So we are in the process. And, you know, you could wait till we get it in or you could go into any drugstore. And, and if you're going to go to the drugstore and buy the meter, I would recommend getting the uh, Precision Extra. That, that's a good, accurate meter. That's the one I use, and it's also the one I tested this other one against. Um, I do like the one we're working on because it works with the smartphone and it's got a cool app. But, you know, you can go in and buy a Precision Extra for 30 bucks, and they work great. Uh-oh, I think we lost. Can we lose yeah. him? No, he's you're there, I think. Oh. Go ahead. You got him? No, it's interesting you're talking about that because um, I had let myself run out of my blood sugar strips. And I never really, I never had a problem with sugar. So I never really, you know, like put time to tracking, wasn't concerned about it. And I think we were talking uh, a couple shows ago um, about how some uh, meters could, could vary. And it got me thinking again, I want to do that. And I did. And so now I'm checking it and I'm higher than I expected and I ever was before. I mean, I'm in Which, the high 90s. 
You know what? I just got, I have the precision, but um, I grabbed one because I was just anxious to get going again. It was just called Easy Touch. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to do like they recommend, like before each meal, one to two hours after a meal, um, before I go to bed, when I get up, um, and before I work out. I've been, and it's been fascinating, to tell you the truth. I haven't had a lot of variance. Um, I'm interested to see how, you know, this intermittent fasting I'm doing, you know, what that does. So yeah. it's, it's it's, we've always talked about it being a tool to use. And, you know, even if you don't think you have blood sugar issues, it's, it's a, it's a nice thing to, to do. So you can see how certain foods affect you, how, you know, sleep, so forth. And uh, yeah, I'm high nineties. I'm not happy with that right now. Well, the other but, thing to keep in mind is with all the Nutricuses oh, hundred, we, we very seldom find anybody who isn't suffering from blood sugar issues. True. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Lisa um, just started making some more changes to her diet a couple weeks ago and started tracking her blood sugar. And it was interesting because when she first started eating more keto, you know, a lot lower Mm -hmm. carbohydrate, her blood sugar went down pretty dramatically. Like she had been showing up in the 90s and hundreds for fasting in the morning. And a week or two after she was eating less sugar, she had some readings down in the 70s in the morning. And it was pretty amazing mm-hmm. how fast it happened. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it was back up in the hundreds again. And it was kind of frustrating for her. She's like, well, what, how is that happening? And it dawned on me. It's the dawn effect. Mm-hmm. Dawned, no mm-hmm. pun intended. Um, it's the <laughs> dawn effect. It happened. And, and that may be what's going on with you as well. That, that yeah, it, people yeah. on a pretty strict keto diet seem to run in the 90s and hundreds on their fasting blood sugar, which technically means you're pre-diabetic. But I, I think you have to look at those numbers differently when you're eating a very low-carb diet. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, but we're all learning, and the more people that track, yep. the more we're going to learn. So um, keep it up. And there's the music. We've got to get out of here. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothbard. All right, everybody. Thanks. And we'll see you here this weekend for the live show. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everyone. Great show. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.